This is the One Verse Podcast, where we liberate scripture from religion, one verse at a time. Well, hello there, it's Jeremy Myers, and you are listening to the One Verse Podcast. The following episode is an excerpt taken from one of the lessons in my online course, The Gospel Dictionary. In case you aren't aware of it, I have an online discipleship group, and one of the main things I do in this discipleship group is teach online courses. I think there's about 10 courses available now for people in the discipleship group, and one of them, one of these courses, is The Gospel Dictionary. The Gospel Dictionary looks at 52 keywords of the gospel— When it's all said and done, there might be a few additional words as well, and contains, I don't know, so far, about 100 hours of teaching, and I'm only about halfway through. So um, uh, this this podcast episode is an excerpt from one, just one of the lessons in that dictionary course. Now, if you want to take that course, you have to be part of the discipleship group, and you can do that by going to redeeminggod.com slash join. Learn uh, more there and uh, join up there. So I, I look forward to to seeing you there inside the discipleship group and uh, taking this course. Uh, this course will eventually become a book, probably several books, uh, but that's several years away from the time of me recording this. I got to finish the course itself and then edit and process. And so anyway, uh, if, if you're anxious though to read everything and get access to everything, the only way to do that is inside the Discipleship Group, okay? They have PDF downloads, MP3 downloads, and you can uh, interact with me there as well about the content of these lessons. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I really, really appreciate it, telling other people about it as well. That's how uh, word spreads about this. If you find the content of these podcasts helpful, Uh, and you're sharing it with others. Thank you so, so much. All right, with all of that in mind, let's get into the content of today's podcast study. First Corinthians 15, verses 35 through 58. Now, I'm not going to read this whole text. Let me just read um, one of the... Uh, two of the, the the pertinent texts from this passage. So, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 35 to 30, uh, 58, let's focus on verse 39 and 50. 1 Corinthians 15, 39 says this, All flesh is not the same flesh, but there is one kind of flesh of men, another, ki- uh, another flesh of animals, another of fish, and another of birds. Now this I say, oh, this is down in verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. All right, so one of the first things to note about Paul's description of flesh in this context uh, is that it's in the context of bodily resurrection. And um, in 1 Corinthians 15, he uses the term flesh, not only in reference to human flesh, the, the human physical body, uh, but also the physical body of animals, fish, and birds. And that's what we just read there in verse 39. Now, if flesh referred to some sort of sinful nature, 
the way many, many, many people think it does, then it would seem to indicate that animals and fish and birds also have a sinful nature. Okay? But we know they don't. Uh, and since they don't, it is better to see Paul's references to flesh, as, uh, especially in verse 39, as basically synonymous to the physical body, made of skin and muscles and blood, so on. Okay? Uh, and, and, and yet, as seen in other biblical references, the flesh is more than just a physical body, right? We've been talking about that in this lesson so far. It also includes the desires and habits of the, of the physical body. It's not just the body itself, but also the habits and desires and thinking of our body. And that concept fits perfectly with what Paul is describing with the flesh of animals and birds and fish. Do animals have desires? Yes, they do. Uh, now, they're not only different from us in our physical composition and how they look and appear in their body and skin and bones and muscles, but also they have different desires and instincts and habits than we do. Okay, so once again, just sort of from the outset here, this confirms that flesh is not inherently sinful because the animals don't have a sin nature, but it's also not purely physical. Uh, Instead, it includes other things in it, okay? It's primarily sort of this way of looking at the world and living in it. That's what the flesh uh, has in mind. That's what Paul has in mind when he refers to the flesh. Now, Paul goes on then to state that our goal or our destiny uh, is to have our natural bodies become like the spiritual body of Jesus Christ. He writes this in verses 42 through 49. He writes that the natural body comes from the dust, okay, Adam, back in the garden, uh, in the likeness of Adam, but the spiritual body comes from heaven in the likeness of Jesus Christ. That's verse 47. So what is Paul talking about? He's basically saying that the spiritual body is superior to the natural body, okay? But it does not mean, understand this very carefully, This does not mean that the natural body is inherently sinful or evil. Paul is not saying that. Remember, Jesus had a natural body as well. In fact, even after his resurrection, his spiritual body was still physical, wasn't it? It was still a material body. He could eat and he could be touched. Yes, he could pass through walls. So it's a little bit, it's, it's different from our bodies, but it was still a physical, material body. So Paul's point then is that the spiritual body of the resurrection, it's still going to be a physical body, okay? But it will differ in various ways from our natural body that we have right now. Sort of like a human body differs from the body of a bird or a fish, okay? Now, we're not going to be birds or fish. We will still look and appear human just like Jesus did, but it will be different. Paul is just trying to answer the question of the Corinthians on what this physical resurrected body will be like. And Paul is answering that by saying, it's going to be like our body, it's going to be different, um, but we see what kind of body it will be in Jesus, in his resurrected body. But it will still be fleshly. But why does Paul want to emphasize this? Because many of the Corinthian Christians were saying that a resurrected body will not be material. They believed that the physical world was evil and bad, and so therefore we couldn't have a physical body. And um, so Paul is arguing against it. No, it's still be physical the same way Jesus' physical body was, but it will have some different aspects to it. 
Uh, it will be a different type of body. It will be more in tune with the things of the spirit, okay? But it will still be physical. Now, in regard to life lived in the flesh, and that's what concerns us most from this text, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 50, that flesh and blood cannot inherit, uh, inherit the kingdom of heaven. What does he mean? All right. First of all, again, I'm going to have a gospel dictionary entry on this term, uh, but we need to understand what he means by the kingdom of heaven. Many, many, many people read kingdom of heaven and they think heaven. And, and so they think, oh, well, flesh and blood can't go to heaven. But that's not what Paul means. The kingdom of heaven is not going to heaven when we die. Uh, the kingdom of heaven refers to the rule and reign of God in our lives on this earth. And inheriting, that's what he used here, the word inherit, this is not going to heaven, this means receiving or experiencing the rule and reign of God in our lives here and now on this earth. Okay? It is an experience in our life now that can be obtained here and now in this life, not after we die, but before we die. It refers to the practical day-to-day -day experience of the rule and reign of God in our lives now. Okay, That's what Paul is talking about in verse 50. And he says that flesh and blood cannot experience, cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign of God in our lives now. All right, why is that? Well, it's because of everything we've learned about the term flesh up to this point. The flesh is a limited way of looking at life, a limited, sort of ignorant perspective on how to properly live this life. Those who live according to the flesh are, are focused solely on their physical needs and desires. Okay? They are not giving any attention to spiritual truths and godly perspectives. Okay, now, initially, you might say, yeah, but Jeremy, that seems to contradict what you said earlier about the flesh being a religious perspective. Religious people are, are giving a spiritual perspective on life. No, they are not, actually. The religious mindset is a fleshly mindset, a carnal mindset, a this-worldly mindset. It is based on outward activities and rules and regulations about what people do and say and look, okay? This, the, the religious, legalistic mindset is not a spiritual mindset, okay? Uh, it, it, it focuses only on outward obedience to laws and regulations. And it, such zeal reveals a, a, a gaping ignorance of what God really wants from us, okay? The spiritual, the spiritual perspective, then, as seen in Jesus, is one of love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness. And it is that perspective which the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, builds into our lives when we are indwelled by the Spirit as a result of receiving eternal life by believing in Jesus. It's that perspective that allows us to start living under the rule and reign of God in our lives now, to inherit the kingdom of heaven, as Paul writes in verse 50. Right? When we get rid of our legalistic, religious mindset of rules and regulations and laws and start to view other people and view our own life as God views us, as God views them, then we gain this new 
perspective and we start living in light of it and experiencing the joy and satisfaction and contentment and significance that God wants for us now and that we will experience in eternity. The kingdom of heaven, by the way, is not just for this life. It's how we will live in eternity, under the rule and reign of God forever. But we don't have to wait until we die to begin experiencing that. We can begin to experience it now. It's a foretaste, a preview of eternity when we start to live under the rule and reign of God now. All right, so, uh, yes, the word flesh in verse in 1 Corinthians 15, it can refer to the physical bodies of humans and animals. Okay, Paul t- goes from there, though, to develop this idea that, uh, first of all, our physical resurrected bodies will be material, all right? But they will be somewhat different than our current physical bodies. Our current physical bodies are basically ignorant of spiritual realities. Our resurrected physical bodies will be fully in tune to spiritual realities, right? And that is going to be one of the primary differences between that body and our current body. And he warns the readers, including ourselves now, against living according to the flesh, the limited perspective now, because that cannot experience the kingdom of heaven. When a person is focused solely on the physical side of life, which includes zeal for man-made religion, they cannot experience the kingdom of heaven in their life. It's only as we embrace the spiritual principles of love and forgiveness as revealed in Jesus that we will begin to experience all that God wants for us. Okay? That is the truth Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 15. So that's going to do it for today's podcast study. I hope you found this study helpful and beneficial in not only understanding a key word about the gospel, related to the gospel in Scripture, uh, but also help bringing you greater and deeper understanding of a particular Bible verse uh, from Scripture. And of course, it's not just about gaining knowledge of the Scripture, but also applying it to our lives so that we can live in light of the gospel with God and with others, and also bringing this light to the world. Just as a reminder... This podcast study was an excerpt from my Gospel Dictionary online course. This course looks at 52 keywords of the Gospel and hundreds and hundreds of Bible passages about the the Gospel. And uh, it is available. The only way to take this course is by joining my online discipleship group. You can learn more and join by visiting redeeminggod.com slash join. You not only get access to this online course, the Gospel Dictionary, but all of my other courses as well. We're thousands of dollars. There's hundreds of hours of teaching, and I'm adding more all the time. So anyway, if you would like to learn in this format through audio, uh, you can join there. There's PDF downloads, book downloads, free eBooks, even get access to my private Facebook group. You can contact me by email and so many other benefits as well. Uh, just by joining up, I'm going to send you a free audiobook on prayer. So anyway, to learn more and join me there, just go to redeeminggod.com join. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode today, and I look forward to seeing you in the next episode as well. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Bye.